Chapter Sixteen of Countdown by Kurt Becker, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Ten. There was a car parked outside Owen's house when Ned got home, and he recognized it after a moment. It was Kingsley's big Buick. A swift glance at the garage showed them that Deborah had still not returned from her visit to Amarillo, which meant that one or both Kingsleys were inside with Owen. The thought made him stop. Mr. Baldwin's story of Jansen spread-eagled on a pool-table was fresh in his mind, and he did not relish the thought of meeting either Kingsley, especially not if Owen, undoubtedly still angry after the previous night's quarrel, was there too. For a moment he hesitated, then very quickly he moved around the house until he was outside the French door of his own room. It was ajar. Quickly he undid his shoelaces, stepped out of his shoes, and in his stocking feet slipped silently into the room, and flitted across it until he was behind the open door that led to the sitting-room. His hands were clammy, he realized suddenly, and his heart was pounding furiously. With a detached sort of wonder, he realized that he was frightened. Owen and Forrest Sherlock Kingsley were talking in the living-room. Their voices were perfectly audible, Kingsley's rich and effortless, Owen's unaccountably thick. The visitor was upbraiding Owen for getting drunk, and Owen was defending himself angrily on the grounds that he was so mad he didn't know what he was doing. "'Listen,' Owen snapped, "'when a man's wife goes back on him and tells him what my wife told me last night, the only thing a man can do is go out and get drunk.' He cleared his throat. "'I might have killed her otherwise. Oh, my head!' "'The Lord is quick to punish,' Kingsley said anxiously. "'Well, why does the Lord pick on me?' growled Owen. I didn't do anything. It wasn't my fault. Debbie and the kid, they're the ones the Lord ought to punish. Deborah is only a weak woman and ignorant, Kingsley replied. The boy is to blame. He is turning her against you. Yeah, and the Lord doesn't punish him, just me. He expects his servants to do some of the work, answered the other. The boy's in your charge. That's right, a third voice said, and Ned recognized it as Robson's. Ned's your responsibility. You can't expect the Lord to come down and take over when you don't do your job. His voice was edged with a cutting sneer. What's the matter? You afraid of Ned? Afraid of a sniveling bookworm? Owen snarled, his voice rising in sudden anger. What are you talking about? I don't think you're mad enough to give Ned what he deserves, Robson retorted. If you were, he would be nice and quiet and not go around setting your wife against you. Why, you... Stop it. Kingsley's voice commanded, "'Be quiet, Rob.' His tones were velvety, but ice-cold. "'The boy has something, though, Owen. You have to give him credit for that. Ned should be punished for what happened last night. He should be taught a lesson.' "'I'll teach him all right,' Owen retorted thickly. "'I'll tan his hide with a belt. I'll show you. Just you wait.' "'We'd better be going,' Kingsley sounded satisfied and smug. "'We'll be late for the meeting.' Ned heard them move around. The front door closed, the car doors slammed, and with a roar the big Buick moved away. For a long time he stood there, cold and numb, then a great wave of utter loneliness washed over him. He had the sensation of being abandoned in an utterly empty room, where every door closed slowly and solidly against his going out, leaving him imprisoned and desolate in the darkness, from which there was no escape forever. "'God help me,' he whispered, his voice choked and tears coming suddenly into his eyes. In a paroxysm of grief and desolation, Ned flung himself face down upon the bed and muffled the sound of his fierce weeping on the pillow. After a long time he heard the phone ring and looked around. Night had fallen and the room was in darkness. 
he could see the outline of the window and the deeper blackness that was the door of the living room again the phone rang and he got up and padded out in his stocking feet to answer it was owen talking over a background noise of many voices was deborah back no she's not here did he know where she was she said she was going to amarillo to spend the day with relatives she didn't say when she was coming back the background voices stopped suddenly and ned knew that owen had cupped the phone then just as he was beginning to think he was wrong and owen had actually hung up the noise came again tell her i won't be home tonight will you ned at least not till late this meeting's going on for quite a while yes sir i'll tell her as soon as she comes ned answered a sudden chill running up his back so long he hung up slowly over the babble of background noises he had heard robson kingsley's voice say exultantly that's it let's go get him there was the sound of a triumphant laugh cut off sharply by a shh he'll hear you enforced sherlock kingsley's rich tones for a moment ned stood irresolute then moving swiftly he picked up a sheet of paper from deborah's desk and wrote on it debbie owen says he won't be home tonight or not until very late i've gone to spend the night with friends ned hastily he put the paper on the floor where it couldn't be missed by anyone entering weighed at one end of it with a small brass elephant from the mantelpiece and went to find his shoes outside the french door walt wouldn't mind putting him up for the night without an explanation walt was a good friend carefully he closed the window and went running swiftly into the darkness End of chapter sixteen